The National Desk, Conversations, America's News Now. I'm Gina Jeff Coden. Welcome to episode 46 of the National Desk Conversations. Every weekday, we invite newsmakers onto our morning television broadcast to discuss topics everybody's talking about. On today's podcast, we revisit our conversation with Kira Rudik, a member of the Ukrainian parliament. United Nations confirmed operations to evacuate Ukrainian citizens blocked in a steel plant in Mariupol are underway as shelling continues in other parts of the country. Ukrainian parliament member Kira Rudik, leader of the Golos party, joins us right now live from Kyiv. Kira, good morning to you. What are you hearing, first of all, this morning about the, the Mariupol evacuations? What types of discussions took place to make these evacuations possible? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So for you to uh, get why the evacuation is so important and is the people in uh, Azovstal and people in Mariupol were without the access to the food, water and medical aid for more than 60 days right now. We had made at least 20 attempts to get them out and every attempt failed because uh, Russian forces were not able to confirm the ceasefire from their side. So with all the efforts from the world leaders, from the United Nations, and uh, I hope from God, uh, we were able to get 100 people out uh, with uh, uh, indirect support of uh, various military of the world. And right now they are in the bridge, they are in safety. You cannot even imagine the feelings that we've got when we took those people who were uh, for more than 60 days uh, under the ground, who didn't see the uh, ray of light there. So uh, it, is, it is extremely important, extremely emotional situation right now. Moreover, right now we are able to get people uh, the, out through the humanitarian convoy. So not as a special operation, but generally sitting in the buses by the road. Uh, something that we attempted to do at least 20 times uh, in the uh, days before. So it will be women, children and elderly who are in the worst situation possible and we will be trying to get them out today. We all are holding our fingers crossed and uh, praying to God that uh, this operation will actually uh, be successful finally. And we hope with the whole world watching that um, Russian side will be able to fulfill on their obligation to let the people out. Yeah. And, and speaking of which, Kira, during President Zelensky's nightly address, he said, quote, all the leaders of the free world know what Russia has done to Mariupol and Russia will not go unpunished for this. So what does justice look like to you and other Ukrainians who have en endured so much tragedy and destruction over the course of this war? Well, I imagine the tribunal, the international tribunal, the way it was after Second World War, when all the Nazis were prosecuted. This is what we uh, aim to get for Putin and his uh, nearest circle, the International Tribunal. However, we also know that for uh, the regular soldiers, the people who committed all those atrocities in Bucha, Borodyanka and other places, in Mariupol as well, the International Tribunal will probably not get to them. This is why we will have to act uh, the same way Israel acted after the Second World War, when we will be uh, working uh, inside the country, making sure that every single uh, Russian soldier who committed those atrocities, who committed those crimes, that they will be counted responsible by the rules of uh, war. 
And House Speaker Nancy Pelosi did lead a congressional delegate, delegation to Ukraine this past weekend. What are you hoping these U.S. congressional members gathered from their trip to Ukraine? What immediate actions are you hoping the U.S. will take now that members of Congress and senior U.S. officials have seen the conditions in Ukraine for themselves? Well, first of all, uh, they need to come here, and I'm super grateful for Mrs. Pelosi to come here uh, to see and witness herself what is happening on the ground. The incredible bravery of Ukrainian people, of our soldiers, and uh, um, just civilian citizens, and atrocities and results of destruction that Russian forces bring here. It's one way that you see it on TV, and another way when you are watching uh, it by yourself, when you're seeing it, and you are able to talk to people who are here on the ground who suffered all of that. So there are immediate actions that need to be taken. The first is additional weapon supplies. We will not be able to stand up to Russia and push them back as we do without continuous pro, uh, supplies of weapons. This, this is what we are asking all of our allies. The second is obviously the sanctions. And not only we need the additional sanctions on uh, Russian gas and oil from the country's uh, leaders of the democratic world, but also to push European countries to do the same. Because right now, while we are talking, every single day, European countries are paying a billion dollars to Russia for their um, gas and oil supplies. This needs to stop. Third thing is the unfreezing of Russian assets, selling it and giving it as an aid to Ukraine. I believe that U.S. taxpayers do not need to um, take all the burden of uh, support that the United States is giving uh, to Ukraine right now. Uh, I do believe that uh, Russian frozen assets need to be used for that. And there was a vote in Congress to uh, offer President Biden to go ahead with that. So I do believe this needs to happen soon. All the arrested assets need to be sold and uh, given to Ukraine as a part of support that the uh, United States is giving us. And very quickly, Kira, I want to talk about what you posted on Twitter recently because you recently posted some pictures of your parents protesting the war in Times Square and you wrote every weekend, my parents are protesting in Times Square. My mom is making new posters every time depending on the political situation. It was close the sky, give Ukraine weapons, and now it is may our enemies die. Love them so much. Kira, I'm sure this is very emotional every time you, you, you see this, knowing that you are in Ukraine and, and they are here. What goes through your mind when you see not only your parents, but Ukrainians worldwide showing their pride from miles away as you and others continue to fight to defend your country? I feel incredible love and support from all over the world. Every single day I receive like hundreds of messages from people who are saying we are standing with Ukraine. We are supporting you with donations. We are supporting you with taking your refugees. We are supporting you with sending you uh, all our love and uh, uh, good thoughts. And this is incredible because I know that our fight is not only for Ukraine. We are fighting here for the whole democratic world, for good against evil, for democracy versus autocracy, and for future against past. And this is why I know that we will win. This is what gives us uh, emotions. This is what gives us strength. This is what gives us power every single day. Kira Rudick, always a pleasure talking to you. We appreciate you joining us this morning on the National Desk. Thank you, and glory to Ukraine. 
That's episode 46 of the National Desk Conversations. Join me each weekday morning from 6 to 11 Eastern for the National Desk, America's News Now. Check your local listings or you can stream it on our website, thenationaldesk.com. Our podcast comes out twice a week with fresh newsmaker interviews. The conversation continues. Until next time, from the National Desk, I'm Jan Jeffcoat.